lost a lot in 2020. People, some independence, maybe some privileges. We've gained a lot too. New attention on social reform. Some closeness with our family. Awareness of our own fragility. So if you had to sum your life up in five statements, could you do it? Could you do it as well as the notorious RBG? Today on the Kale Podcast, we take a look at Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Through an article published in 2018, we review five of her key points in life, five elements of a successful life. Join us. All right, so today we're going to talk about an article that was originally published in 2018, but on uh, the heels of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death, we thought we would revisit this article. It's been republished. It was republished in entrepreneur.com. And uh, the, the, the article is Five Lessons from Late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And, you know, I don't know if you guys watched the documentary uh, about um, Ginsburg, but phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, what a, what an incredible and, and the movie. story. In the movie. Uh, I mean, in the memes. Uh, Tim, you, I know you love the, <laughs> the memes, right? I do. Yeah, so RPG? I mean, right, that's it. So I, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't even care what her, her lessons are. I just think she's so fantastic. I'm going to read through this and I'm, yeah. I'm, I know already I'm going to, I'm going to say, yep. Yep, yep, yep. These are all for me. Yeah. I agree, one hundred percent. Anybody who can't, who can't appreciate her, based solely on you know some political difference, I, they're way more hardcore than I am. Because yeah, this, for sure, she, she transcends politics. I mean, it's just an awesome story. She has she has an amazing life story, and I mean, she's an American treasure. She is, regardless of whether you agree with their politics or not. Yeah, I'm. I'm just a fan of anybody who's who swam upstream and made it, right? And so I, I love the the perseverance and that story, right? And yeah, you know, so her ability to push through. I'm a, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of anybody who's working at age 87. <laughs> Very true. I'm going to be working at age 87. I feel not like a Walmart greeter either. Pretty high, <laughs> pretty high stress job. I, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll respect I'll respect to Walmart greeters. Working and working out and like really going for it, not just like showing up to work, like yeah. almost 24 hours a day. But Josh, you're talking about swimming upstream. You're talking about um, you're talking about the challenge that she faced as as a woman in law school. You're talking about the challenge she faced as a woman trying to become a practicing attorney. And the article, you know, I mean, it's great. But it, it just mentions the fact that she was rejected 14 times yeah. from law firms. And founded uh, the Women's Rights uh, Law Reporter, and it first first review in the U.S. to uh, it was dedicated to legal issues around women's rights. So I mean, I'm trying to think of the last time I was rejected for something and just kept going at it like that that yeah. many times. I mean, well, we, we, I mean, 
Let's to be clear, to be clear, it's insinuated there, Henry, but you didn't specifically say it. Rejected 14 times because she was a woman. Because yeah. she was a woman. I mean, yeah. it's, not, it's not like she interviewed on a, a level playing field 14 times and got rejected. I mean, and, and, and you can say that. Because she was a woman. And you can say that confidently because she was a woman, because it's not like she became an attorney who was just, a, you know, an average attorney or, yeah. you know, I mean, I mean she, she went on to be the highest, she reached the highest level uh, in, in the judicial system possible. So it, it couldn't have been because she wasn't qualified. It's yeah. just, yeah. I mean, incredible story. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you're talking about the 14 rejections by law firms, but even in the, you know, in the, in the article, it talks about, you know, being, getting into, into law school and, and one of the, uh, the deans there saying, hey, how can you justify yourself taking a spot from a qualified man, right? And so right. even hearing things like that from the people that you're supposed to be learning from or, or, or supposed to be helping you, I mean, that, that, that would defeat some people. And, and she persevered. So that's, that's awesome. The notion, though, of taking a public stand for something that you believe in is um, like today, I sometimes personally, I, I feel like if I take a stand about something I believe in, I'm going to end up alienating a lot of people and that's going to have bad, that's going to be bad for me, you know, and, and maybe it's going to be harder to get business done or maybe it'll be harder to get hired somewhere or get promoted yeah. or, or whatever. I mean, do you guys ever feel like that? Well, I mean, let me ask this before I answer that question. Do, do you worry more about alienating other people, as you just said? Or do you worry more about alienating yourself? Uh, yeah, I worry about alienating myself. Yeah. So, yeah. yes, I, I, I don't, I'm, you know, I know that sounds really selfish because I'm like, oh, no, I don't really care about alienating other people. <laughs> I did want to ask specifically because <laughs> what I can relate to is the fear of alienating myself. Yeah. And I think that's where we get in a lot of trouble because, you know, no matter how strongly we believe in something, if you drop us in the middle of a bunch of people who strongly disagree and we have something at stake personally, man, the temptation, the pressure is great to maybe not go along with them, but to not make a stink. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's something I struggle a lot with for sure. Cause I think we talked about this in one of our, our previous conversations is everything's so polarized right now. And it feels like if I make a statement X, it means I'm against Y. Yeah. And that's, and that's not always the case. It matter for me anyway, and this is a personal statement, that's hardly ever the case. That means that there's pieces of X that I feel very strongly about, but for Y as well. And so it's that that's the piece that I struggle with. It, it's sure it's alienating myself or isolating myself, but then it's also like I don't want to be perceived as as one or the other. Uh, solely because a lot of times I feel I have feet on both sides of the fence. And so I don't know if that's, you know, my inability to make a commitment on one thing or another, but that that's my biggest. No, my biggest I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's your inability to make a commitment, Josh. I think, I think it's, it's the humanity. It's, it's, it's the fact that as a, as a living being with a, with a, with a free mind, you're able to change your mind and, mm -hmm. and decide that, one day something right. that was right for you is no longer right for you. And that that's perfectly fine. And, 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 and listen, you know, to, as far as feeling alienated or being dropped into a group of people who believe one thing, and I'm afraid to say what I believe because they're all going to hate me. There is something that is so transcendent and amazing about being in that group of people 
and finding a way to somehow negotiate uh, those beliefs and be able to agree that we don't agree, but we like each other anyway. Yeah. And that only happens in real life. We talked about this before. It doesn't happen yeah. in virtual worlds. Yeah. You know, thank, you, thank like you. you said, here's <laughs> a ham you sandwich. Give me the person to bring up social media this time. Thank you. <laughs> here's a ham sandwich. I hate your politics. I mean, that's what <laughs> it, it, the distance is so short. But I don't know. It's just if you have those great human relationships, then you can weather that. And she, and that's another point she makes in here about finding a partner who supports you. And it's not just about a partner. I think it's about a group of people sometimes. Obviously, mm-hmm. a partner, critical. But um, I don't know. I mean, she, Marty, her husband, uh, I mean, the stories about him, he sounds like a saint. They ought to do documentaries yeah. on Marty. Well, I mean, he's a, you know, he was a genius attorney as well. I think he was a tax attorney. Um, he was the one that got her into the Supreme Court. Yeah, I don't know about that, but well, he what he he was the one that was running the lobby behind her, and he was like, "I know she's the right person for this job," and essentially uh, negotiated the meeting with Clinton, who said, "Yeah, okay, yeah, there's no, there's no, I'm not going to be anybody better than this. This is it, Marty. Yeah. Everybody yeah, needs it, Marty." Yeah, back to what we were talking about about you know having really really different perspectives, but being able to have authentic, meaningful relationships. You know, one of the most interesting parts for me of Ginsburg's life is this relationship that she's had with, uh, with, with Tony Scalia, who was also on the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. far right conservative. I mean, their politics were as far as possible from one another. And they're great friends. They went to the opera together. They found something in common. They went to the opera together, um, you know, date night with their spouses a lot. You know, we can get past, we can get past these dramatic differences um, and, and find some common ground and really enjoy one another. And they truly, uh, they got to a point where they really, really appreciated um, one another. You know, there's a, there's a great video on YouTube uh, where she's delivering the eulogy at his funeral. And it's, it's fabulous. I mean, she truly cared about him and they had a great relationship and their politics did not align at all. It's such a great point though. And I I thought about this a lot because um, if you have a great judge, and I think a judge is a good person to to look at. If you have a great judge, what they're looking at hopefully is what is the law and what is the argument? Not what is my belief? And we get so caught up in the media about what this person believes and that belief is going to motivate them. And, and I don't know, I remember studying JFK and, and people, people said, we can't elect a, a, a Catholic to the presidency because he's going, to, he's, going to, he's going to run it like the church. He didn't run it like the church. And, and I think uh, sometimes you have to look at these judges and say, just because they vote this way or they believe these things doesn't mean that that's the only side of the law that they're going to read. Yeah. Uh, now, I, they, it, there's a fear. Oh, they're going to tear everything apart. They're going to change everything. Well, things haven't really changed that much. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where we are right now. Is that's where we are right now. But I, fear, I still fear, some of these right, fear is like the most, you know, predominantly used weapon mm-hmm. in the United States right now. It's it's all about. I mean, you can look at every anything, you know. And I'm not trying to stir up a million different issues, but um, if you talk about 
race, if you talk about the pandemic, if you talk about politics, I mean, immediately, you know, the primary negotiating tool is fear. Fear. Yeah. Like you should be scared because this is what could possibly happen. It's just a, it's a horrible set of circumstances. Yeah, it, yeah. it really is. And, and that's, you know, I was talking earlier about struggling with that. that. That's another thing where I just, I cannot comprehend how those conversations go from guardrail to guardrail when, I mean, nine times out of 10, the truth is right there in the middle. But, but like you mentioned, Tim, it's, it's when I say guardrail to guardrail, it's, you know, it's fear to fear. And, and people are basing decisions off of that and, you know, and agendas are being pushed off of that. And that's, that's not a healthy place to be. I mean, it, no. that's, that's my opinion anyway, but it's just not a healthy place to, to be or a healthy place to make decisions from. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th I mean, for me, I think one of the most dangerous byproducts are, you know, there's a lot of people, in my opinion, that are running around the countryside who are scared, but they don't even realize they're scared. So they're like their actions are being motivated by fear, but if you asked them if they were scared, they wouldn't even tell you that they're scared. Yeah. I mean, that's you know the fear is working on them almost subconsciously. Yeah, you, you see these people with a chest puffed out and yeah. you know, waving the the flag, whether they're left or right, it's irrelevant. They're they're probably motivated out of a fear of what someone else may do to them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it goes back to another conversation we had and I hate to bring up social media again, but, you know, we called out that people anymore tend to surround themselves with people that are like-minded. Yep. And so you're hearing the same narrative over and over and over and you don't, you don't perceive that to be fear. Right. But, but you've got no one, you've got no opposing opinion speaking to you and, and, right. and you never see the other side of that. So that that's, yeah, to me, that's the other big piece of that. And you were talking about, you know, Ginsburg and Scalia and the relationship they had. And I think that's a big difference too, is they took the time to get to know each other. And that just doesn't happen anymore. I say it doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen as much anymore. We don't it's, celebrate it. That's well, the we, thing. It's, well, it's we probably don't. happening all over the place. And, and, well, and we, we don't, don't celebrate and Everybody's it. leaning to their, to their device, right? Or to a, a platform to be their source of news or communication. And you don't get that human interaction there and you don't get the opportunity to find what you have in common and, and maybe, you know, form that relationship. So that, you know, that's a, I think that's a big piece of what's missing. You know, I mean, Josh, uh, you know me, I'm a huge NBA guy, <laughs> <laughs> but after the, after the heat won the other night, they're out there on the center of the court and they're, they're talking about what a great team the Celtics were. And they don't, they give a round of applause to the Celtics. Now there was no one there to do it. They were talking to the team and the, and the <laughs> media, but he was talking also to the people at home. He's like, you know, a fantastic team. It would have been really easy to say, we beat them because they suck. We're so much better than they are. We're going to be the number one team. We're going to be the best. We're going to be the champions. But that's, you know, there's just no class in that. And, and you know, Ginsburg was the epitome of class. Hardworking, very classy. I'm so shocked right now that you knew the Heat and the Celtics were playing that I don't even, I yeah, can't my even mind's still stuck there. I don't <laughs> I know I how I recalled it. that. I don't even. Did you stumble across that? No, I just remember, I watched it. This is what the <laughs> pandemic has done to me. I'm watching basketball now. Wow. Yeah. 2020. So one of the, it affects everyone differently. Uh, it's, it's terrible. <laughs> 
One of the other things she talked about, uh, one of the other goals that are mentioned in the article is stretch yourself to achieve your goals. I said goals. One of the other uh, points that are made in the article is stretch yourself to achieve your goals. And we talked about this in another one of our conversations. But, yeah. you know, having having a goal for a lot of people is, uh, it just doesn't exist. Most people don't even have a goal. They're just kind of thinking like mo- moving day to day, pure animal instinct. But having a goal, whether it is I'm going to work out every day or I'm going to, you know, be the CEO, founder of a company, having a goal is so critical and it mo- it's a huge motivator, right? I mean, we've, yeah. we've said, we've already said, that. I don't know how much more we can talk about this, but having a goal is so critical. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think we can talk about it a little bit more. This is, that was my favorite uh, piece of advice. You know, that was, I think that was number two, stretch yourself yeah. to achieve goals. Yeah. And what I like about it is, you know, it's unspoken there, but it, it, it is speaking to setting goals that aren't easy to achieve. Right. So if you, if all your goals are layups and I know, you know what I mean by that, Henry, cause you're such a big basketball fan. <laughs> um, if all of your goals are layups, then you don't have to stretch yourself and it's, you know, I, I don't know that there's a lot of satisfaction that comes from achieving those goals if they're, you know, if there's no work that has to go into achieving them. So you, you, you mean you should stretch yourself like if you want to co-author the civil procedure in Sweden, you should learn Swedish. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Casual. Okay. What would you say? She casually learned. Casually yeah. learned Swedish. Who casually learns another <laughs> language? I don't know. <laughs> Do you know, know how many times I've deleted these, you know, these learn a new language apps on my phone because I can't casually learn them? Yeah. 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 I mean, you, I still struggle with Spanish and that was spoke quite a bit <laughs> in my house. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, this, this reminded me of, of, you know, we were, we were on a call the other day and one of the speakers said, you know, everybody wants to change the world, but nobody wants to change themselves. And, and I really link those two statements together and in, in stretching yourself. And because I agree with you, Tim, this, your, your goals should be difficult and, and it should cost you something to, to get there. And, and that's, that's what makes them valuable, right? And I think that's where true impact comes in and how you can truly change the things, you know, the things around you. And it's, it's, it kind of goes back to that old, you know, that old saying as well that, yeah, I went blank. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, Tim, did you have any other thoughts on totally goals? I went into that statement and it was gone and I thought it's coming, it's coming. You, it's coming. you leaned into that so hard. Don't worry. I'll edit this whole thing out. Yeah. Just leave it in. Let's just let it roll. Let it roll. That's okay. Great. So the other, another one of her points is pay it forward. And I feel like of all of the points on here, for me, this was the easiest one to achieve. And I feel, and probably because our, our, our work structure has it set up in such a way that you can interact and all, all, as a leader, you're almost forced to interact with so yeah. many people that you, by virtue of that, are going to end up helping people and mentoring people and developing people and creating that next generation of, of future leaders and thinkers. But I have a feeling it goes beyond just that. It's got to be yeah. deeper than that. How did, how did you read that, Tim? Well. Uh- I, I mean, I just have a question. I feel like I know the answer, but you, this is every single time I say something, you turn yeah, around and I, say, I have a question. I don't have answers. I just you have questions, Henry. Okay. okay. Right. It's very humble of you. Go ahead with your question. 
Get with the program. This is a I'm philosophical. Asked, I'm asking the questions. Technique. You're giving the answers. Okay. Is this, was, is this Aristotle or Plato? Who, who, whose technique was this? Answer questions with questions. Reminds me of an old saying. Crickets, crickets. <laughs> Lights on, nobody's home. When you think about paying it forward, Henry, mm-hmm. or or you, th- I mean, you said you like to pay it forward. It's easy for you. Mm-hmm. It, do you do that? Because, you know, the implication of pay it forward is you pay it forward. And then at some point it comes back to you. It's almost like this karma situation. Do you think about that when you're paying it forward or do you pay it forward just because it feels good? I, I don't do it. Uh, it's kind of neither. Actually, I do it because I think it's going to be better for the other person. If I, if I invest yeah. something I have, whether it's time or, or knowledge or money into this other person, then they will improve, which will make them happier, which will make all the people around them happier. And if I'm one of those people, that's good for me, but that's not really the goal. The goal is to see this other person become, uh, you know, a, someone who can also then pay it forward. Yeah. I, and we just kind of, that it, it, you know, much like a, a virus, it starts to spread everywhere. Yeah. Good, a good virus, a happy virus. Oh. Yeah, it's a nice time. I, I, I just nice. think paying it forward, you know, we talk about paying it forward. And that kind of, once again, that kind of implies that at some point that's going to come back to you. Like an maybe, investment. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But it's really being kind. Yeah. And, you know, I think that fills our cup a lot of times. And For maybe sure. it does come back to us because when we're kind, you know, then other people are kind. But at its essence, it's just kindness. That's what it is. You know, I mean, just really rudimentary example of paying it forward would be, you know, you're at the grocery store and you pay for the person's groceries behind you. You know, I, I don't think anybody who does that is reasonably thinking, well, at some point I'm going to be at the grocery store and I'm going to get some free groceries. (laughs) I'm just paying it forward right now, but you know, I know I'm going to get my free groceries at some point. We're not thinking like that. It's just an act of kindness and it's called pay it forward. Well, I, I'll give you an example uh, from today, actually, um, on a call with the team. And uh, it just, I don't know, you know, I just kind of thought to myself, I'm going to have everyone say something nice about one person on the team. I'm going to give them a few minutes to think about it. And I just said, hey, here's what we're going to do now, guys, before we close this out and pick somebody on the team, totally embarrassed when I told them what was going to happen. I gave everybody a minute just to kind of get their thoughts together. And then kicked it off and we went around and that was it. And then we wrapped the call. And I thought these people are going to think not only what they, what they like about that person, but what they hope someone says about them. And then they will probably try to embody that trait as often as possible in order to be recognized for it. And I'm one of those people who will do that. Now, maybe I'm, all, I'm the only one, maybe, maybe everyone else is just thinking, what do I have to do after this call? But yeah. I could tell from the way it went, and you guys know I, I have a salty team. They took it very seriously. And they actually put put thought into this. Some thought behind it. And yeah. and if they're gonna do that, that means they want people to take it seriously for them. And so that was That's a moment true. where the intention wasn't to pay it forward, but I know that it will pay every single one a dividend mm-hmm. just for making that investment of one minute. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I've I've got an example too, which it's kind of funny from today as well. And and I'm really 
I was, I don't say I was surprised by it. I wasn't, but it really made me proud. You know, I want you to make sure you got it before you start talking. It's about all it. there. You're right. It's 100% right there. of it. Okay. All in the all right. register. Okay. All right. All right. Now <laughs> yeah, we're ready. We, we actually had the opportunity today to go out and, and get a late breakfast together as a family. And we had, to, we actually had some people coming into the house to work on it for a little bit and we had to get out. So we took the opportunity to go get some breakfast, but we didn't leave a check. So I dropped the family off came back to write the check and leave it and then head back. And I get there and, you know, my wife says, Hey, there was some EMS people here and we paid for their, we paid for their breakfast. Right. And I was like, Hey, that's great. But the full story was they decided not to tell them who was paying for it. Right. It was just anonymous. We paid for the breakfast and, and they were happy for you. They got up there looking around the, the, the restaurant to try and figure out who it was. But you know, to me, that's that's the ultimate pay it forward is you're just planting a seed of goodness into the world because that's the world you want to live in, right? Not because you're waiting for something back or yeah. you want the recognition. You that's just that's just the world you want to be in. And for me, that's what paying it forward is, is hey, I want to do this because that's the world I want to live in. And and period, right? That's yeah. the end of the story. And and I think that's when yeah. it begins to grow and build and reciprocate. So. Yeah. I've never done, I've never done that. I've never paid some a stranger's meal. Yeah. No, never have, huh? No, never have. It's never, it's, I hate to say it. It's uh, never even occurred to me. Oh, you should do it, man. Yeah. It's awesome. Okay. You know, I, I know this sounds sentimental and well, I guess it just sounds sentimental. I don't know. I do it a lot at the holidays. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. So it just affects me somehow, but I, a rat in December, like I, I probably quote unquote pay it forward more in December than I do in the ele- other 11 months combined. It's just, I don't know if that's Christmas spirit working on me. I don't know if, you know, in the past, I know how, you know, emotional holidays can be. And, you know, there's a lot of mental health issues yeah. around the holidays. Um, I don't know what it is, but in December, man, that's when I really start feeling it. So that's great. It's really kind. I, I have to think about doing that. And, um, uh, I don't know. Right now, it's a little, little bit more difficult. I don't really go out to yeah, restaurants, but maybe I can find another way to make it work. Drive Although, through, and drive through at Starbucks, pay for somebody's Big Mac. In my <laughs> head, though, I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving the alternative version of Josh's story, where, where Cat doesn't tell him what she did, and he gets the bill, and he goes completely bonkers <laughs> in the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. What did you what order? Is, what is? Why is this 175 dollars yeah. for breakfast? How many pancakes Josh, did you eat? Sit down. Josh, sit down. I, I, I'll explain Let, in a second. Let's talk about that last one for a second. Uh, leave the leave, world a better place. Yeah, leave the world a better place. Because that, in the circles that I run in, that's almost become a little cliche. Um, I hear it a lot, and, and to me, that's the that's the hardest one on that list. And I don't mean hardest to to give a good attempt at. I just it just feels really difficult to achieve because our world is so incredibly screwed up right now i feel like i feel like the world's becoming a worse place at a much faster rate than i could possibly fix it um well it's going to depend on how you're defining well of course you're defining the world yeah of course yeah and and i'll tell you this you know what i mean though right it's kind of that statement what 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 do you mean i just think that statement's kind of overwhelming because I think, yeah, I think you can become overwhelmed with just 
all of the trash that's going on in the world. And, you know, if you, if you're really saying, I'm going to leave this world a better place than I found it, man, that's a, there's a lot to fix. And so I think yeah. to your point, you know, you're talking about how you define the world. I think you have to really click down and focus because it's easy to say, I don't know if I can change the whole world. I'm not even sure if I'm going to give that a shot. And so yeah. you have to focus on your, on your personal universe and changing that. But it doesn't say leave the whole world a better place. It just says leave the world a better place. And yeah. the way I, I, I remember when I was a kid, I had this um, out of body experience where I was trying to understand whether or not the color I saw as yellow was the same color you saw as yellow or whether you were seeing my blue and calling it yellow and we were just agreeing that that's how it was gonna be and no one knew. Who can see through my eyes? You know, that was, this was, the I don't know, I was like seven and just completely melting down trying to understand what was going on because that's my world. And do you understand my world? And my yellow or whatever you wanna put in the place of yellow is an experience, not just a thing. It comes with a rush of emotions and background or fear, knowns and unknowns. And so it's completely different. And so if you ever ask yourself, either of you guys ever ask yourself, have I been able to leave the world a better place than when I found it? I couldn't possibly begin to tell you, except that I could say this, and again, in the spirit of sentimentality, both of you guys have made my world a better place than it was before, since, since I've met you, it's better than it was from before. So, I mean, I, I'm a better person now than I was before because just having known you guys. And, and I think that, that that's how I read it. Can you yeah. try to leave a better impression or experience or moment with every person you come in contact with? And that's yeah. also next to impossible, but it's, it's not it's something, entirely It's something impossible. we can work on though. It's a, it that, is a, you go back to the goal. It's a huge goal. Yeah. Right. Yep. It, it is. And, you know, I tell you for me, it ties into the pay it forward piece. I mean, they're hand in hand. I think they're one in the other, you know, they, they, they go together. Um, and I agree with you, Tim. I think it can be overwhelming and it can be daunting to think about leaving the world a better place. Um, you know, for me personally, what I tend to do is understand that I've only got influence over the things that I, that I touch, right. Or the things mm -hmm. that I see. Yeah. And that helps me with, you know, with, with understanding how my, what my impact can be. And I can only impact the people that are around me and, and the person that I am around them and what I choose to do to impact their, their life, to improve it. Um, you know, in that, that last sentence in that, in that piece of the article where it says, I've gotten much more satisfaction for the things that I've done for which I was not paid. You know, I think that's, I think that's the biggest piece of it all right there, right. Is understanding yeah. that, those small things that you can do in the interactions that you have, that is changing the world, right? Because if you can make an impact on that single individual or just that one person, you know, and you're putting faith in, I'll call it the system, right? Or you're putting faith in, in what it is you're doing. They're going to, they're going to do that for someone else. And then they're going to do that for someone else. And then it begins to grow. Um, and so that, that's kind of the, the mindset that I try to take and say, Hey, how am I changing the world? It's by, doing the right things with the people around me and the people that I, that I uh, come in contact with. And then much like yeah. you said, Henry, <laughs> much easier said than done all the time. Yeah. It's interesting that you relate that 
to the pay it forward because I think in a way there's a thread between all five of them, right? I mean, that's outside of just, yeah. you know, this is one person's advice. For me, the, you know, under the last one where it said, leave the world a better place, it said, do something outside yourself. And that connects directly to number one, which is getting out in front of causes that are meaningful to you. Because what that reminded me of is, you know, how motivating purpose can be for human beings. And, you know, I'm sure the two of you have heard me mention before, but, you know, Daniel Pink has a book called Drive. And he says, there are three things that motivate people in life. And, you know, anyone who reads that book, who's a salesperson is always shocked that money isn't one of them. But the three motivators are autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And he defines purpose by being part of something that's bigger than yourself. And I just, that's almost like the unconscious motivator to me, because I don't think a lot of people would go to that if we said, hey, what motivates you? And they're actually motivated by purpose, but they don't realize it. So there's some self-awareness that plays into that, you know, as, as far as, you know, understanding purpose and, and how it can enhance your own life by being a part of something like that. Well, I think you nailed it, Tim, when you said that after you, you know, you do something outside yourself and it takes you right back to the first point. Um, and, and I don't know if it, this is just a well-written article. It's a very brief article. I don't know if it's well-written, if they, if they managed to sum up her beliefs, these five beliefs in, in, in a good order, but, or if it's just because RBG is a badass, which I think we all agree is also true. She's but notorious. She is notorious, uh, but it it does wrap right back around itself, and it becomes a never-ending cycle of doing good things for a good reason to take good care of people and take care of yourself. It's a yeah. fantastic article. I encourage everybody to go to entrepreneur.com and to go and look at the uh, RBG documentary if you haven't seen it. It's it's absolutely worth a watch. Yeah, and you're talking about how circular it is, you know, and I think that's how the article opens is talking about her staying power which I don't think they use these words, but it's timeless advice, really. Sure, yeah. I challenge anybody to disagree with any of those five points. I don't, I don't know that you find anybody that would. You know, and we touched on it briefly. I think one of the awesome things is, you know, we're talking about all the goodness and kindness and, and humanity that comes out of these, but intertwined in all of that was a lot of disagreement, you know, in, in the work that she did and a lot of yeah. conflict. But it's important to note that those two can coexist. And, and we talked about that earlier about things being so polarized, but uh, I, I, to me, that's the awesome piece of it is that intertwined in there, there was some, you know, some disagreements and some conflict and some pretty heavy, heavy subject matter. But in spite of that, you can still, you can still leave your mark on the world for, for positive. What do you believe in? Are you willing to fight for it? Over and over and over and over and over. You can only be so lucky as to live a life as meaningful as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I hope you do. You deserve it. And so do the people around you. So we hope you take her advice. And we hope you take care of yourself. And we'll see you next time on the next KL Podcast. For more KL podcasts, visit kindleadershipproject.com, follow us on LinkedIn, or find us on your favorite streaming service.
This podcast is an expression of the views of kind leadership and its team. We're always open for discussion, so find us on social media and give us your thoughts.